Welcome to episode eight of A Well-Placed Cuss. My name is Gurmeh Dodd, sitting in with Max Miller and Zach Zeri. On today's episode, the boys will be discussing whose return to the NBA will be more impactful, whether it be Kyrie Irving of the, of the Brooklyn Nets or Klay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. We'll also be discussing our picks for the NFL MVP with this week's hot take provided by Max Miller. We'll also be sitting down with left winger of the LaRange Ice Wolves, Curran Wintonic Pilot. As always, cue the intro, boys. How we doing today, boys? Not bad. Still, still feeling good off the Steelers' victory. Not knowing they're in the postseason when Big Ben is in the postseason one last time before he retires. It's a good day to be a Steelers fan. That that's gonna be it's gonna be a great two hours for you. This this sh- shut up. It it is. It's gonna be a great two hours as a Steelers fan. This game is gonna completely decide my mood this week. So we'll see how they do. I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you what though. I'm feeling really great. Uh, the Knicks are seven and three in their last ten. Um, obviously, me and Max, we talked about this. We wanted to see more from one R.J. Barrett. He's averaging 20. And Mitchell Robinson. And Mitchell and Robinson. They've both Robinson. been doing great. Uh, you know, R.J.'s been averaging 23.4 points in his last eight games, uh, including a game winner. Uh, I'm sure we all got hyped for that. Um, and Mitchell Robinson last night against the Mavericks, 19-10-2. Uh, um, he's finally being more aggressive. He's finally, you know, staying out of foul trouble. Um He's a beast down there, man. He really is, you know, affecting the game for us. I'm really, um, I'm really excited. You know, Julius is being more, you know, productive. Not necessarily point wise, but with the shot selection. Um, RJ, thirty points back to back nights. That's huge. You know, the Knicks got something. And today, I I woke up a little bit late because I didn't have class a little bit later. But a pleasant surprise: the Knicks traded for one Cam Reddish, another Duke boy. I uh, I think we know what that means. Zion, Zion to the Knicks. Anyone? No, just me. All right. Um, like no, but like here's the thing about that. People are joking about that. The cap space that the Knicks have, like if they get rid of unnecessary money, like Evan Fournier, I don't think Zion wants to stay with the Pels. Why would he not want to play with his two college bros? He, he's almost done everything markets. but say he wants to be a Nick too. He's almost done everything. No, it was exactly exactly, and so I. Honestly, it honestly, it's a real possibility. But I'm not living in the. I'm not living in the future. I'm not living in the past. I'm living yeah. in the present. And Cam yeah, Reddish, I think he's going to be a really good addition for this next squad. Um, we've been playing really good in these last ten games. We are on the up and up. Uh, you know, things are looking good. I'm excited. I'm in a good mood, and you know, hopefully, uh, we can turn things around starting right now. Zach, my boy. Yeah, I saw that uh, Reddish was going to the Knicks, and you know, I first thing I thought of was uh, he's a Duke boy, Archie's a Duke boy, Dimes a Duke boy. Um, you know, it was good to see the Maple Mamba, you know, perform or start performing a little bit better here. You'd love to see it. You know, I knew we had it in him. Um, you know. I finally kind of got over that Chargers loss. My, my mood has uh, picked up recently. Um, but, you know, I think we have a, a really good episode here planned out. We had a really good interview with Karen. I think the viewers will enjoy that. And uh, 
you know, future future episodes. And you know what, guys? You know what I realized? We have SIP for this podcast, but we've only used it, like, we haven't used it yet because of COVID. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's actually true. Like, um, so... Go ahead, Zach. I was, like, just thinking, like, the, the audio might not be the best. And I was, like, it, it will get there soon, viewers. It will get there soon. We appreciate we you promise. guys speaking with the boys. Um, you know, things are uh, things are on to better days. Um, we got some interviews planned. So, you know, the boys are rolling. I'll tell you that much. But, um, yes, as Zach mentioned, we do have an interview with LaRange uh, Ice Wolves uh, left winger, uh, current Wintonic pilot. Uh, but before we get into that, we got some topics that we've been eager to discuss. Uh, this is one that I've been um, absolutely uh, been looking forward to. Um, as the NBA has reached the midpoint of the NBA, uh, two big names have returned um, for uh, the for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, point guard Kyrie Irving is back. Obviously, we knew he was dealing with his uh, vaccination um, situation, so that was uh, you know that was always up in the air. But um, you know he's back now. It's only for road games, but he's definitely going to be making an impact soon. And before or later, um, he uh, it'll probably for all games. Um, we also had a really emotional return for me. Uh, I don't say this lightly. This is my favorite player. Not one of my, not, you know, one of the, my absolute favorite player. I love him more than any, uh, any New York Knicks ever. Um, Clay Thompson is back. Uh, I've waited, I've waited so long for this. I remember, um, I think it was a day before my last day of uh, senior year in high school, um, you know, game six of the uh, 2019 NBA finals. Uh, Clay goes in for a, a layup, you know, to take the lead, and he gets absolutely uh, cut by uh, Danny Green, um, you know, ends up tearing his ACL, um, you know, has to miss the rest of the 2019-2020 uh, NBA season, and then just prior to the return of the 2020-2021 NBA season, he, he uh, I believe he tears his Achilles, so, you know, he's gone almost two years without uh, any NBA basketball, so he's back, you know, he's ready to go, um, he's always been, you know, one of the memes of the NBA and I can honestly say, I think the NBA is a better place with them. Um, but that's enough. You know, I'm going on a bit of a rant here. Um, so this leads into our first discussion of the pod. Um, Max, uh, who do you think is going to have the bigger impact in the return to the NBA? Uh, Kyrie Irving or Clay Thompson? Well, is, this was a very good question that we had discussed. And my opinion changed because of new information that has been released on the topic. My original answer was Clay Thompson. For, so one thing, I think Kyrie is better than Clay. Like right now, I think that Kyrie adds more value to the Nets than Clay does to the Warriors. But Clay is going to be playing every game. I mean, maybe not every game, depending on how his injury is and how his conditioning is and all that. But he's going to play many more games than Kyrie Irving's going to play. Kyrie, simply by that, Clay Thompson, being one of the best NBA players of all time, playing in the rest of the season with the Warriors, that's going to add a lot more value than Kyrie and playing half of the games for the Nets. But there was a report saying that the Brooklyn Nets might pay a fine every single time Kyrie plays at the Barclays Center with, like, without being vaccinated. Like first time it'll be a thousand dollars, second time it'll be two thousand three, three grand, four it'll be four grand, and then five and on, it'll be five thousand dollars. And I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, 
that's like that's no real money to them like five grand a game they make that in the nacho cheese sales during the game so i don't see any reason why they wouldn't pay that every single time if that is an option for him so if Ky- if the nets and Kyrie can get that settled out and they pay a fine every time he plays the Barclays center then I got to give it to Kyrie, but that somehow falls through or that doesn't come to fruition. I think Clay, I think it's just the majority of the best guy playing games. That's a fair argument, Max. And for the most part, I do agree with you. I think um, right now the better player is Kyrie Irving. I do think that Clay will get in more games. The one thing I will say, though, and um, this might make me a little emotional because I am such a Clay Thompson fan. I was watching the um, – obviously, this was after the Knicks-Mavericks game last night, and I tuned into um, the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls game. Um, uh, and this was probably one of the more unreal runs I've ever seen in a, in, a, in a basketball game. I believe somewhere in the third quarter, it was 71 to 71, tied in the third quarter. And then and the Brooklyn Nets go on a 47 to 10 run. 47 to 10. That I is, mean, there's, there's nothing you can say about that. I mean, that is unreal. Nah, I guess that's, that's insane. Um, and, and it's not like the Bulls are just some bummish team either. Like they were the first seed in the NBA. Um, I still think they are. And that was a statement win by the Brooklyn Nets. And I think it plays into the fact that Kyrie Irving is back and obviously he didn't have, you know, that great of a game. I'm looking at his numbers, nine, four, and three, but um, I believe he's averaging somewhere around uh, 17 points per game since his return. Um, He's easing back into it. Sooner or later, he is going to be playing in home games, and I just feel like once you add in Kyrie Irving, that really takes the Brooklyn Nets over the top. Um, We haven't really seen a big three in a while for now. It's it's been mainly duos and, um, you know, uh, team ball, but you know what the Brooklyn Nets have done and how well they've been able to integrate everyone. You've got James Harden, you've got the best player in the world, in my opinion, and Kevin Durant, and uh, now you've got Kyrie Irving. Um, it took them over the top, and it and it showed last night. And all, I also just want to give some props to the Brooklyn Nets, even though I absolutely despise that organization. Um, looking at who they're doing it with, some of them, they Lamarcus Aldridge is out, Paul Millsap is out. Uh, Joe Harris, uh, still waiting on him. I think when he comes back, he adds a lot. Um, you've got guys like who I haven't really heard of before, but they're making impact. Uh, Dayron Sharp, uh, another guy over here, uh, Kessler Edwards. Uh, he looks like uh, one of those dudes from RDC World. I don't know if you guys watch those, but uh, if you look at him, he definitely looks like one of those guys. But, um, you know, Blake Griffin is coming off your bench. Uh, you've got the Aussie himself, Patty Mills. Shout out to my boy, Justin Saney. Uh, big Patty Mills guy. Calls him Patty Thrills. Um, you know, just a three-point sniper off the bench. Um, you know, this... David Duke Jr. has been pretty solid. Oh, for sure. Uh, Bruce Brown has kind of been lost in the rotation, mm-hmm. but um, he's, he's, a, he's a solid defender. Um, this team, and, you know, Steve Nash has done a pretty good job. I mean, obviously, there's some nights where he doesn't really know, like, it, it doesn't really look like he knows what he's doing. But, um, you know, 26 and 14, a majority of those games being played without Kyrie Irving in the lineup. Uh, they're challenging for that first seed in the East. 
Um, you know, I honestly got to look at it with um, – I honestly got to look at, like, the Brooklyn Nets uh, are not only the better team, but Kyrie's going to have more of an impact. Um, I will say this, though. It is so good to have Clay back in the league. It is so good to find – well, not back in the league, but to have him back playing, um, you know, uh, basketball. I mean, you look – the look on his face, man, this dude's just happy to be back. He's a dude who, you know, eats, breeds, and, you know, like, he just loves the game. Um, and, you know, it really took a toll on him, you know, not being there. Because, you know, obviously, um, he's, he's, he's a lot like Steph in a lot of ways where, you know, he is, you know, such a great three-point shooter. He did grow up in the game with his dad being, you know, a le- like, um, I believe, a, a really iconic Laker. Obviously, he doesn't get the shine that um, a lot of other dudes, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of other dudes in that organization do. But Michael, uh, Michael Thompson, a great player. So, you know, Clay grew up in the game. He loves this game. Um, and, you know, he came back. He looked, he looked fantastic. I, I, he had a poster dunk. Um, you know, he had the first bucket of the game. You know, it was it, it was really good to have him back. I'm really excited. I think he's going to put them over the top, especially when you got guys like Andrew Wiggins, who's really turned it around, as uh, my boy Zach would say, good Canadian boy. Uh, but as I would say, good Michigan boy, Jordan Poole. Uh, he's, he's in contention for um, um, a most improved player. Um, th- both of these teams are looking good. I would not be surprised if this was the, the finals matchup. Uh, um, you know, I Max here, you know, when, you know, Clay would play majority of games without barring any injury or getting COVID or anything like that. Um, Kyrie on the other hand would have to deal with his, his own injuries and, uh, you know, not being able to play half the games. So I was a hundred percent team Clay. But now when uh, we realize, you know, Max brought up that point, I saw the same report that uh, the, the Nets can play, pay a fine for a uh, carry to play. You know, it kind of changed my mind. And, um, you know, Jeremy said, you know, Kyrie is probably the better player, but it, it all comes down to who makes a big, bigger impact. And that's the question we're asking. And, you know, I think it, it's so close, like, you know, you look at uh, that uh, Golden State Warriors team. They they've done pretty good without play the last uh, this uh, I guess the start of the season. You know, Gurmy mentioned good Canadian boy Andrew Wiggins. You know, could be possibly be an All Star starter with the way Canadians are voting him in. You know, good to see good Canadian people voting uh, their good Canadian boy. But um, you know, he's stepped it up in all seriousness. Draymond Green's there. He's out right now, but uh, Steph's doing his thing, obviously. You know, MVP, front runner. Um, you know, Jordan Poole, like Gary mentioned, uh, he's having a breakout year. Good to see. And then the Nets, you know, they're battling for that one seed. So both teams have been good without their, uh, you know, Kyrie and Clay. So it, it comes down to who do I think have, has a bigger impact? And I'll say, I think Kyrie is going to have the bigger impact by like 51, 49. It's so close for me, but I just think, um, you know, with that, that uh, sh- shooting guard and like that wing position, you know, no offense to Mr. Kessler Ev- Edwards, but I've never heard of him until today. And uh, he, he's their starting a uh, small forward here. So um, for that reason, I'm going to have to go with uh Kyrie on the nets here. 
Yep. Same Zach, general idea for me. Zach, I, I loved your uh, I loved all the points you made, except for the fact that the MVP front runner is actually Kevin Durant. But it's all good. Should be honest. It's another debate, boys. I, I was just throwing out names, okay? <laughs> Should be honest. Um, and I think one point that Zach mentioned a lot is both the reason why this is such an intriguing question is both teams have been really good without these guys. You know, they're both yeah. one, two seeds in their like conferences without these guys. And it's not like they're just adding an additional piece. Like this isn't Blake Griffin coming off the bench. Like you've got Kyrie Irving, who is probably one of the better point guards of this past decade. You've got Klay Thompson, who in my opinion is the second greatest shooter of all time. He will finish as the second greatest shooter of all time. Um, you're, you're, I agree you're, with that. You're adding two Hall of Fame players back to a lineup. And that's why, why this question is so intriguing. Um, you know, quick question, boys. Is this your finals matchup right here, right now? You, got, you either got to say yes or no. No. No? Max? It no. possibly could be. You know, I think both of them will make the, their respective uh, conference finals. I will say that. I have it as I have it, and I don't think there's anything basketball wants more than to see uh, Steph go uh, at Kevin Durant. You know, obviously Kevin Durant left the Warriors for the Nets, so I'm really excited uh, to see that matchup. Here's here's what I'm saying: the Nets have a clear weak spot, and Aldridge has filled that hole quite nicely this season. <coughs> Excuse me, they've gotten a few guys who could fill that hole. But when you play a team like the Bucks, who have the size and the strength, like that entire lineup is so big for their positions. And clearly um, the Nets minus, the Nets are missing rebounding and defense, like size and defense. And I think if you have Giannis, like who on the Nets can stop Giannis? KD. That's like... No, nope, nope. Who, who don't on even, the like, don't, don't even. who on the Bucks can stop KD? Giannis, Giannis. I, Giannis. No, I, can. I don't know, dude. I think he's gonna put the. Clam- I think KD's underrated as a defender. I think he's gonna put the absolute clamps. Well, not clamps. Giannis is Giannis. No, I'll stop myself from going too far. But I don't think it's gonna be domination. You still got one of. You, we're forgetting James Harden is still there. Uh, if Kyrie Irving is in the playoffs, he brings another dimension. I think. I, I, do the Bucks have the offensive firepower to stick with the Brooklyn Nets? If their team's healthy, they do. If they get Lopez, they get Holiday and Middleton back. That team is going back to back. You can say the, the same thing team. about the Brooklyn Nets. I think the X factor is: Does Joe Harris absolutely shit the bed like he did last postseason? I are you blaming the postseason on Joe Harris? No, I'm just saying if he like maybe showed up once or twice, it would have been different. Same thing with James Harden. And Kyrie Irving did also go down. Let's not forget that. If Kyrie Irving's healthy, it's 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 it's, it's Nets and six. I disagree. I, I do disagree, but I don't. I I respect that answer because if the Nets make it, I'm not surprised. I just think the Bucks will inevitably find that weakness. It's an interesting. Uh, interesting topic to talk about because you know that east you know who knows maybe Chicago comes out of there like I, I love this NBA right now you know any 
you know, we were just talking about a league where anybody could win. You know, the NBA, you know, for a couple of years there, it was like only three teams could win. Now we're kind of getting into more of like six or seven teams could actually win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, with the Knicks uh, getting Cam Reddish, you know, they're shooting for that Eastern Conference Finals, hey? Easily. Easily. You better pray they make gonna bring them there. <laughs> you better pray they can actually make it into the the play in here. Oh yeah, if they don't we make got, it into the playoffs, we got Ooh. Bam Bam Cam. We're definitely making at least the conference finals. Who's gonna stop us? The Miami the Heat. Heat. Yes. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Well, we'll be. We'll, we're definitely gonna revisit this, and you know, once again, whatever your thoughts are on Kyrie Irving, and whatever your thoughts are on Clay Thompson, I think we all can agree. It's good to have talent in the NBA, and we are excited that these guys are back, even if it does mean they're going to be dunking on our favorite NBA teams pretty shortly. Uh, Moving on to our uh, next topic, Um, obviously the NFL season has concluded. You know this because we've made fun of Zach for two episodes straight here. Um, But probably one of the bigger debates that we love getting into is uh, debating the NFL MVP. Obviously, we've mentioned um, mentioned our picks earlier this season, along with the rest of the NFL awards. But uh, we're closing in on the MVP here, and um, I think it's safe to say that, yes, there are other guys. I think Joe Burrow has emerged as an MVP candidate, Jonathan Taylor. Um, but it really comes down to uh, the two big boys, uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. This is still an old head league, so and, and it's belonged to these two guys for a majority of the season. Um, Max, you can agree that it's, it's come down to these two, correct? I would say so. Zach? Yeah, 100%. I can't believe you threw in Joe Burrow's name in there. Just I mean, like that's just a cheap shot on me. It's no, not a cheap it's shot. It's a cheap shot. No, it's not it a, is cheap a cheap shot. shot. He turned that Bengals organization around, took him for the playoffs, and you should be recognized for that. Me saying Joe Burrow is good does not mean Justin Herbert is bad. Get that through your head. Oh, my God. I even admitted Justin Herbert is that guy. But whatever. This isn't about you right now. This is about Tom, and this is about Aaron. So, Zach, give us your pick, Tom or Aaron. You know, it's both the two quarterbacks that I, I dislike now. And, you know, um, I used to love Aaron Rodgers. Stuff happened this season where my love for him uh, went drastically down the drain. But um, I'm going to give it to the guy that I drafted in five straight fantasy uh, leagues or and years. And that's my boy. Well, not really my boy anymore, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, why do you think it should be Aaron Rodgers? I just, you know, you looking at his uh, stats, you know, he's only thrown four interceptions. Crazy. And and his touchdown numbers are, you know, you know, behind Tom. And, you know, his, his passing yards are obviously behind Tom. But I saw the statistic, and I think I brought it up. I'm not sure if it was on the podcast or we were just talking. But Tom Brady has thrown for, I believe, like 147 more times than Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, if you look at, like, the completion percentage, QBR, all that, um, you know, you got to factor in Aaron Rodgers rushing. You know, he's more mobile. He probably has got some rushing yards on him added. Um, I'm not sure, bro. Have you seen Tom run? Have you seen him? Tom's been taking taking off this year. As soon as he he sees that open, he's been going for it, bro. I don't know. I saw a TikTok where a guy bet like a ridiculous amount of money on the under on Tom Brady's uh, 
running running yards in a game and uh tom took off for like a 20 yard scamper and just like ruined this guy's life but um Imagine losing anyways money betting that tom brady would be like wouldn't like rush and that, that's almost a shoe and then he absolutely just his 44 year old old ass just takes off on you that that's gotta hurt man that would be a dagger, especially like this guy put like 10 racks on it or something. But anyways, <laughs> you, you know, you got to consider who's the number one seed in the NFC. It's Aaron Rodgers. And, um, you know, his completion uh, is better QBR, this and that. Um, for that reason, it's Aaron Rodgers. But it, it is very close. You know, you want to just look at stats, like passing touchdowns and passing yards, you know, Brady. Um, but I'm going to go with some different stats and take Rodgers. Those were all good points, Zach. Uh, Max, what's your take on the NFL MVP? Uh, it's an interesting debate uh, because you can't, like, wholeheartedly decide on one guy and think that anyone else's opinion is wrong because they're both so similar. Like, they're, they're, they both have such an impressive season. They, they have the same record. They're both going into the playoffs – with their with their heads held high, like, and you you can you can pick apart the stats if you want, but I think I have to go with um. Uh, it's just it's such a tough one, and I'm still not even confident in my answer. But I do think I have to go Aaron Rodgers. Um, I feel like the Packers could go to the championship. I feel like he has it in him this year. I don't know what it is, but he kind of – he came off such adversity, um, and he just delivered, you know, in, in, in his first week, that's where he got half of his interceptions thrown all season was in week one, and he had a terrible game. And ever since then, he's just came up and bounced back and had great game after great game, great QB ratings, good, good, good completion percentage. Like, just I – I, I have to give it to Aaron Rodgers. And on another note, Tom Brady does have a better receiving core than Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers has the best receiver in the league. But after him, who is it? Is it Alan Lazard? Or is it Vontez Burfitt stalling? Mar- what? I don't even know. I don't even know anyone. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I believe. There we go. I feel like if the roles were re- reversed, Aaron Rodgers would have better stats than Tom Brady does. You know what? But. That's a that's a great that's a good answer. And um, my uh, my good friend, shout out to my buddy uh, Harris Khan, who uh, responded to our story when we uh, we brought this up. Um, and he said it himself. Uh, you know, he believes that uh, Brady has a lot of empty stats against you know some pretty weak teams. Which is kind of true. Like you shouldn't need to throw four touchdowns against the New York Jets. You shouldn't even need to lead. That's true. You shouldn't really need to lead a comeback drive against the New York Jets. Um, he's got that. Uh, he's got. Um, he's got easily one of the better receiving cores. Although uh, we know what happened with Antonio Brown. Uh, Chris Godwin goes down with the ACL. But and if we really look at it now, Tom Brady can really relate to Aaron Rodgers. He has. Uh, he still has got Gronk, but ultimately. He's got his big threat in uh, Mike Evans. Um, you know, we want to see Scotty Miller step up. We want to see Scotty Miller step up. Obviously, he hasn't had the role in um, – he hasn't had the same role as he used to back in um, – as he did last year, being that deep threat. 
Um, but, you know, it's probably going to change as we head into the postseason. Um, the one point that he really made that I thought isn't really being talked a lot about is just how good Tom's offensive line is. Um, you look at some of these dudes, you look at Ali Marpet, uh, Donovan Smith, uh, Tristan Wirfs, he's only in his second year, he's probably the best right tackle in the league. Um, you know, Alex Kappa, Ryan Jensen, the redheaded savage himself. Um, he's probably got the best offensive line in the league, um, whereas uh, Aaron Rodgers has missed his best offensive lineman and David Bakhtiari uh, for, a, for a majority of the league. He's probably going to be back uh, for the postseason. Um, but the one thing I got to say is the reason why Tom might get this award is one, because of that little uh, scandal Aaron Rodgers had at the beginning of the year. Um, two, Tom's 44 years old and he's led the league uh, in touchdown and he's leading the league in touchdown passes. He's got 43 tubs. Now he is up there in interceptions, but 5,000 yards leading the league in interceptions. I think people are going to recognize this. And it's not like, you know, he has the same amount of wins as Aaron Rodgers. He's just a two seed. Um, but I look at what um, Tom's doing and I'm like, it's equally as not, if, if not more impressive than what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Um, Aaron Rodgers' touch on interception rate is incredible. Like, I, I have to say that. 38 to 4, I believe. That's insane. Um, like, there's nothing you can get past that. I just feel like, while well, I think Aaron deserves it more, I think the media is going to look at Tom, Tom's age, and, you know, what he's doing. And um, Tom turned that organization around. You can legitimately look at the term of most valuable player and say that Tom is the pure definition of it. Because you look at the Bucs before, you know, Tom came in. And this is why he could have won it last year. And this is a theory I have. But if you really think about it, the Bucs were always a quarterback away from making real noise. And Tom showed that. Um, but yes, Jameis was throwing 5,000 yards, but he also threw 30 interceptions. You bring in Tom in, he, you know, his interceptions, he has half the, the many interceptions. Um, and, you know, he, he shows that, hey, this Bucs roster was always really good. It was just hindered by quarterback play. So Tom really fits that definition of most, you know, valuable player. Um, obviously, you know, Aaron, Aaron deserves as much credit in the world, even though I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy. Um, he only, he has, his, he has Devontae Adams, but really he's not doing that. I think, you know, there's this guy named Josiah Degora, who's his, uh, who's his starting tight end, something Degora. Um, so, uh, you know, it's compelling cases, but me personally, I'm just, I'm just surprised that it's the two oldest quarterbacks that are leading the, uh, the MVP race. Zach, I'll let you end it off here. Yeah, you know, if it just mirrors, it's still weird to see Tom in a damn, you know, different jersey than the jersey. That's it is weird, man. It is weird. I, 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 the last place I thought he was going to was Tampa. I'll tell you that much. And the two teams it came down to was Tampa and the Chargers. Could you imagine if he went to the Chargers and they went to draft Herbert? Like, uh, like it could have screwed up the league crazy. But anyways, um, you know, I just want to bring this up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is at three uh, touchdowns on the ground, over 100 yards rushing, which isn't that much, but I thought it would be more. But the three touchdowns on the ground, I wanted to add. He also has attempted 531 passes. While Tom has attempted 719 deaths. And that like that's a large difference. It's a good point. And you know, I'm sure if uh you know Aaron Rodgers threw for I don't know, I can't do the quick math on that, 
but if I'm sure he threw for like 100 plus more times, he his touchdown numbers would be uh, pretty similar. His yards would be pretty similar. Maybe he has maybe one more inter, interception. And I think it's a, a whole nother case, right? But um, no, it's a great point about the offensive line. Um, Tom's offensive line is uh, is better than uh, Aaron's. Aaron, you know, is missing his best uh, offensive lineman. So, you know, even and I also wanted to point out that I I don't know if you guys heard this, but one voter said he's not going to vote for um, Aaron strictly on his the the incidents that happened earlier on on the season. And I can probably like I can put my bias aside and say that's just not a valid reason to not vote for uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know yeah. what your guys' opinions are, but if that seriously impacts your vote, um, I don't know what to say. And But, yeah, I, I just have Aaron Rodgers. Um, his percentage is better. And, yeah, for all the reasons I mentioned uh, prior. Um. One thing I think it's an, um, important to note about that whole scandal thing is that they are in the NFL. Like, it's not like it, like if someone like lied about their vaccination in the NBA, that would be insane. And so, that's very true. Um, like, just because of the looser COVID rules that the NFL has. And so, this happened, it didn't really hinder anything because he wasn't required to have it, he just lied. And so I, 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 I agree with you, Zach. I think that he needed to be punished in some sort of way for lying, but that, I don't know, that shouldn't affect whether he's the MVP or not. Either way, it's just great to see, you know, two of like the kid, the, the guys we grew up watching, you know, still competing uh, for, that, uh, for that MVP. It really is wild when you think about it. We've been watching these guys since we were five, maybe six years old, and now, um, and they're still, you know, kicking it at their, uh, and kicking it at a pretty elite level um, at their, uh, at their respective ages. I think Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers just turned 38, Tom's 44. So uh, it really is, um, it really is, it really is special to watch. And it's definitely not something, you know, you want to lose sight of. Um, but uh, that concludes it for uh, our MVP debate. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be released in a couple of, a uh, couple of weeks here, but um uh, here's hoping that um, it's probably going to be one of those two guys. So uh, we'll see who we'll see who uh, we'll see who finishes out there. Moving on, uh, this week's hot take is provided by our very own Max Miller. Um, we haven't really talked about baseball in a while, so you know when Max uh, brought this idea, me and Zach were uh, pretty surprised. But once you hear what he says, you're also going to realize Max uh, Max is on the other Max is, uh, is going to be in the minority here. But Max, uh, what's your hot take? My hot take, I think Mike Trout is overrated and I don't get the hype surrounding him. This okay. might be the most absurd hot take we've ever had. Absurd. I mean, so, I mean at least you can, at least I can defend Kirk Cousins being a top 10 quarterback. That's just wrong. So, I need... No, I need... I want Here to hear is this. my reasoning to it. Okay, Here's I want to hear this. So, from you guys, from every MLB fan I knew, like Mike Trout was the best player. 
Like he was undoubtedly the best player. Like that's what I got from you guys. He was like the new LeBron. Zach, you were even saying, Zach, you you think he's the greatest of all time? Yeah, just based on like athletes and like okay, LeBron is better than Jordan, no matter what, but like it's it's different for the GOAT debate. Like pure athlete, Mike Trout's the best player baseball. I even just mean of this decade. I just mean of this decade. He's absolutely the best player of this past decade. No, I'm 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 comparing him to LeBron, not best player, LeBron-esque in the realm of baseball. Well, if you're gonna do that, you also gotta like you also really need to mention that LeBron only won when he got better players with him. So just be sure to mention that. Mike Trotta is- And base baseball's so different than basketball as well, yeah. as Gurmy was probably gonna mention. Yes, Mike Trotta has stayed with the LA Angels, even though he probably shouldn't have. I'll give you that, Max. No, that's not even my point. All I'm saying is impact, impact on the game. I'm not talking about their current situation or their stats. I'm talking solely on the impact that they brought to baseball. Now you're switching, you're switching it up here. You're saying your hot take is that he's overrated. So, yeah. Like, uh, He's properly rated. When people ask, like baseball fans, who the best player is, they say Mike Trout, and that's but what that, he is. Right. Okay. You know what? Who, sure. Who's who's the best player? Who's the best player in baseball? Then. Well, I don't. Mike I don't Trout. Know, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't believe that. Like the numbers don't show me that. All right. Well, let me let me break you down some achievements of Mike Trout, and then you can tell me which. No, one. like all all you're gonna say is eight times silver slugger, which doesn't mean anything. Cool. No, 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 He's no, been no. a top okay. three outfielder for eight years. That's great. It's a great achievement, but He's it's such a limiting award. Okay, just listen to these. Adjusted OPS plus leader six times, bases on balls leader four times, extra base hits leaders two times, on base percentage leader four times. On base plus slugging leader three times, RBI leader twice, run scored leader four times, slugging percentage uh, three times, stolen base leader only once, total base leaders twice, wins above replacement leader five times, and wins above replacement at his position six times. And Gurmy, I'll add to that. You know, if Mike Trout was to retire today, he would have the best war by like six, I believe. And, you know, if we want to talk about best baseball players ever, he's got the best of war, and he could retire today. And he's, his war is only going to improve. See, this kind of stat is – these kind of stats are my same issue with the Kevin Durant debate. You can lead the league in whatever you want. If you can't back those numbers up with actually getting points on the board, getting home runs, getting, like, things that matter, things that win games – he, he does do that. He's, he's, he's times he, silver has he, has he ever led the league in home runs? MVP. Has he ever led the league in home runs? No, he's a little guy. It's not like right. Kevin Durant. He ever lead the no, 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 if it's not like Kevin Durant where his one thing is scoring. Mike Trout is known for being a five-tool player. He's got running uh, base stealing, fielding, good defensive. He, you know, he can hit. You know, he's a great leader. Um, Jeremy, what else? 
you saw you know, it eventually. Like, like he might not have led the league in home runs, but he has led the league in you know RBIs. Once, one time, ten-year career, one time, and he's been injured. Like he's he's missed a lot of games, and he still puts up these stats. You know, he's even missed so much time. You know, right I don't now, really care pace. that he was injured. Like that doesn't really matter. Why I, not? Like, it doesn't make, Why not? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It makes us. When I look and I was like. Mike Trout has 310 home runs. I was like, who is this god that they're praising? I looked up. He made the playoffs one time. Who is – he played shit in the playoffs. Who is this guy that everyone is loving? He can't win. He's stuck in the same situation. He's an overrated hitter. Yes, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not trying to get that confused. He is a once-in-a-lifetime player. He's a generational player. Yes. Overrated he's not what – Overrated hitter, you say? Overrated hitter, yes. Silver Slugger Award eight times. He's won the Silver Slugger Award eight times. Yeah, and his his career batting percentage is over 300, which is insane. Insane for a 10-year career. It's not. It's not. You act like it's insane. 305 isn't a – he's 10 years into his career. career. He hasn't even reached his shitty days yet. I'm just saying right now, you're saying he's overrated. We're talking right now, and you're saying he's overrated. You can't. See, he could he could go off in the next three years. Who knows? Because he's three oh five for a career is is ridiculous. Some guys don't even hit three oh five in their career once for that for a career. He's also and only have, thirty, and he's hitting three oh five. He's dealt yeah, with he's injuries. Only, he's also dealt with playing probably the worst franchise in baseball. You have Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani, and Mike Trout on your team, and they've accomplished nothing. Like let that and, you, and they wasted and, you, and they wasted a, a pretty good and they wasted and a you, couple of years with Albert Pujols. And you gotta consider that he the last two years, he gave, the last year he was injured for majority of the season. Previous year, COVID shortened the season. He's been injured multiple other times in the season. So his actual games played make his stats even more ridiculous. You act like three hundred and ten home runs. Isn't impressive. He's on um, pace no. to go no, over five hundred no. runs. See, you this just, th- th- this is where you guys are going to turn the argument. You guys are going to turn the argument and say that I don't like or don't think that Mike Trout is good. He's uh, like well, I no, said, no, once in a no, lifetime you player. Three ten is said great. He was an overrated look, look at someone like Albert Pujols. Look at someone like Albert Pujols. He had over one hundred and fifty more home runs than Mike Trout did in his first ten years. Like, isn't that much more impressive? I looked at the games played. Like Mike Trout has been there. He had he had a couple seasons where he didn't play a whole lot. He's been there for a large portion of his career. A large portion. If oh, him and Albert I... Pulos played the same amount of games, Pulos would have more home runs, more RBIs. I'm just, I'm just saying, Albert was a DH his majority of his career. He he didn't field. He didn't steal bases. He didn't do any of that. I mean, he won. My, I mean, like, yeah, with a better the, franchise. Baseball is completely different than you know basketball. Basketball is literally you have five guys on the starting team. Baseball, you you have to have not only an entire lineup but multiple pitchers, a, a, a whole rotation of pitchers, a whole bullpen, start like actual hitters in that. 
you know, a guy might only come to the plate three or four times a game. Basketball, a guy might touch the ball three or four times in one minute. So your argument, so your argument is that it's harder for individuals in baseball to help win games? Yes. I, I would say so if uh, I'm just saying you're comparing it to LeBron James. This was a tweet that came around the All-Star break, and it's actually really, um, like, really telling of the Los Angeles Angels organization. Every time I see an Angels highlight, it's like Mike Trout hit three home runs and raised his average to a 528, while Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Arm O'Doyle of the 1921 Akron Groomsmen as the Tigers defeated the Angels 8-3. to That literally defines their organization. They literally will have two of the greatest players of all time on their roster, and they're losers. Then, then that's on them, though. Like, if after 10 years, like, it's, it's like, imagine if LeBron stayed with the Cavs. Imagine if he didn't go to Miami. He stayed with the Cavs. They still didn't give him any help. Okay, yeah, but that's... And then he... he, he like, but that's probably why, you know, your goal, you don't think that Mike Trout is a goal because of that lack of postseason success. Baseball is not a one-man show. You need to have a solid bullpen and you need to have solid, you know, batting batters with you. He has none of those. I don't think that's enough of, of, of an excuse, though. I don't think because he hasn't, like, no, I don't, I don't think that saying not going to the postseason because he has been like the worst teams in the league. He went, he's been to the postseason once where he kind of shit the bed. I mean, it's one season. doesn't make a difference, but it's your only postseason. It kind of does define how you are. Max, you, okay, you got mad at me for saying this. He went to the postseason. It might have been, I don't remember if it was a wild card or if it was um, a series. Yes, he did not play very good. But you got mad at me for mentioning the LeBron in 2011 against Dirk and the Mavs, where he scored eight so, points in the finals game. That that does not. That's define. so dumb. How is it dumb? It doesn't define what. Because listen, w- when you say it, then when you say it, then and his first final, or not his first, his second finals. Yes. And he puts up eight points. You can say that's horrible. You can say that is going to be a finding moment of the playoffs. You can't say that right now, my guy. The guy has four rings, leads, he leads tough assists, steals, and points. Maybe not steals, but maybe not that one. He's been to the finals eight times. You can't use that as a comparison. Back in 2011, you absolutely could. You absolutely could. Can't say that now. All the amazing performances that he's put on, you cannot say that now. I feel like you're And really- I understand that baseball is different than basketball. I get that, but when you look at players like like A-Rod and Derek Jeter, like they were amazing players, and it was around the same – well, not exactly the same, but it was r- roughly the same time as Mike Trout. They had, they, they, they had, they had postseason success. And Okay, yeah, but they also had like guys like CeCe Sabathia and Mariano Rivera out of the bullpen. Like Mike Trout had – They played had- for the New York – yeah, they, they play, play for, for the, the New York Yankees. Sports. The New York Yankees. With the biggest payroll. 
it's not like NBA where there's a salary cap. It's literally a payroll based on the team. So the Yankees have so much money that it's that's why it's so so much different. And you know, I just want to say this. Um, this is something I'm reading. The thing about Trout is he does every single thing so well, fast, great plate discipline, power, smart, defensive instincts. He has it all. His defense uh, is among the best. LeBron has an off game. It's still 28-7-7. When Trout has an off game, he still has a couple of walks, squeaked out a hit, or, or contributes in the field. He's played eight full years with three MVPs, four runners up, and four, and a fourth-place finish. Those four seasons are better than the three. So you could argue that he's been first or second all seven years. Baseball he isn't a sport. Really have seven. Sorry, sorry, Zach. He can maybe... easily have seven. Baseball isn't a sport where where uh, one or two guys can get you to the postseason. It's it's not like you know LeBron or D Wade. If Mike Trout can't get you to the postseason, no one can. Zach, I cut you off. I'm gonna let you finish your thought there. And I understand that. Okay. Okay. So, and those three uh, or four seasons, he he came second. The guys have won career best years ever. And, you know, you go and ask anybody in the baseball community who's the best of all time. It's consent, like, or not the best of all time, the best player right now. It's consensus. It's Mike Trout. And he's on a career trajectory of getting over 500 home runs over, you know, these huge milestones. His stats are legitimately comparable to Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, the best of all time. He's on pace. I want to... Um, you know, I'll, I'll have to find the article. He doesn't excel at any like numbered stats. Wins like, above replacement. He's an all-around great Wins player. Above, above yes, like all-around fantastic, sensational player. He's not a stats guy. Doesn't get him done on the stats. Like Trout is the only player in baseball history to top seventy WAR before he turned twenty-eight. And he's yeah okay he's he's sensational at at, at the, the war stat sure every other stat he doesn't excel at he's all I, around I, yes great he's a he's a great defender great fielder he can hit like he can do everything he has okay, speed he but can steal bases okay. Okay, but when has LeBron led the league in scoring multiple times? When has he led the league in rebounds? When has he led the league in assists? Like, he probably only does nah, one. it's not even that, though. It's not even that. Because guess what? LeBron's third all-time in scoring. Like, no. What? LeBron's top 10 all-time in assists. It doesn't matter if he's led the league. I'm looking at leading no, the league. No, but it's the point that I'm making. the end results... The but it, the end result of four of fourteen hundred nineteen RBIs and three hundred and ten home runs that's not LeBron stats in his first ten years. LeBron was the youngest player to crack two thousand points, five thousand points, ten thousand points, twenty thousand, twenty five, thirty, thirty five. 
He's continuously breaking records. Don't bring LeBron numbered stats into this. I'm just saying you were making well, it seem like Mike Trout is kind of just a bum and he only does one thing. No, look at LeBron. Like, yes, he's done a bunch of things throughout his career, but there's never been a, a year where he's led in, in you know, points, uh, rebounds, and assists. Like, it's it's never it's never been anything like that. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's Right. Amazing. Neither has Mike Trout. Well, but no. the, the thing with LeBron, well, though, please. this is what I'm saying. If LeBron was in his 10th year, he would have all times. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just I don't want to bring this up. That's what I'm so trying Mike to Tr- Mike Trout is only 30 years old right now. I think baseball is one of the sports where he can legitimately play until he's 40 years old. So let's say he, he plays another 10 years. He would be on track to have over 3,000 hits. 500 doubles, 500 home runs, 1,500 RBIs, uh, 1,500 runs, um, 3,300 plus steals. How many players have ever done that? Just two, Willie Mays and Alex Rodriguez. Factor in, factor in his, his war, his war, which is six, um, six higher than anybody else in history. And if you, if you even cut off the steals, you can only add Hank Aaron, Pujols, Eddie Murray, and Raphael Palmero. And, and Max. And... Sorry, Zach, finish. No, that's it. And Max, you, you kept saying, like, he, like you mentioned, yes, you've acknowledged that he let, he's led the league in war a significant amount of times. But, dude, you, you're totally forgetting that he's, he's led the league in extra base hits twice. He is an on-base percentage leader. He is an on-base plus slugging leader. He has led the league in RBIs twice. Run scored leader three, uh, four times. Slugging percentage three times. Like he, like, he has led the league in, like, categories multiple times. Can you, like, honestly say that those categories are as important as RBIs, home runs, even hits? Like... Having those, like you need RBI, like I'm like it doesn't really matter. Like if you if if that's where you're branching out to those kind of stats, and you're not talking about the ones that actually matter, like RBIs and home runs, like neither of you have brought those up. It, it's not that impressive after ten years. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't. I don't. I was just kind of confused by Wait. the madness that everyone loves him. Because you're so used to basketball, and all these guys can do it. So young. Baseball is literally an old man's game. Let's, let's just think. Who is the young person to ever hit 500 home runs? There's been 28 Alex people Rodriguez. in 500. Alex Rodriguez at go. 32 years old in eight days. Mike Trout and A-Rod started off his career younger. I think he's got, I, w- I want to say, like two or three more years added. Plus, the Trout's got the two years. He's only 30. So five more seasons of Mike Trout. You know, he, he could definitely, if he started his career as young as Rodriguez does, he would become the youngest person ever to hit 500 home runs, in my personal opinion. Obviously, I can't make that argument because it, it, it's not going to happen. But Mike Trout will almost guaranteed hit 500 home runs. So he, the, the fact that he's impressive is because he's, he's a magical, like, baseball player. Because baseball players, you know, Pujols, only hits home runs and RBIs, and they go together. Trout does it all, and that's what makes him so special. And he and he's so consistent. Baseball players, you look at Pujols. Pujols was so good in his first 
12, 13 years. And then look at how bad he got. It, like, um, baseball players are just inconsistent. And it's hard to find somebody as consistent as Mike Trout has been. That's what makes his average so impressive to me. The fact that he's got three MVPs already in only 10 years, four runners up, a top, another top five finish, and he's been injured. Like, the way his stats were going, he would have been in the top three again here. That's what makes it so impressive. And he's consistently at the top of the list, like LeBron is for MVP. Well, that's, that's fair. That's the, best, that's, that's the best argument I heard. But in my opinion, it's the same thing as KD. You know what I mean? Like, like with the argument, KD is one of the most skilled players of all time. Like, there's hardly anything that he can't do. This season, he's shown he can pass, he can dribble, he can shoot, he can do everything. He can defend. He's not a bad defender. He can defend. But no, the only argument... Even though... Was, even, but j- 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 just let me finish. Even okay. though... Even though KD is so insane at basketball, the sport of basketball... His skill hasn't transitioned into into like records or significant points throughout his career. He's been great at everything. That's why he has three championship ring or sorry two championship rings. He went to the Warriors and he did what he did. He's been doing what he's doing his entire career. Yes, but it's the same thing as Mike Trout. Not saying that Katie's points all time aren't impressive. Totally are. Three hundred and ten home runs. Totally impressive. But that is the thing for me. In my opinion, it's not all about skill. It's about how your skill matches up on the field or the court and how you can transition that into wins and how you can transition that into your averages going up, your numbers going up. You, you never really mentioned that Katie's a four-time scoring champ and um, 11-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA first team, three all-time All-NBA second team. Finals. I mean, you can just name those stats off for Trout, too. What, what are you talking about? I don't know, Max. I feel like you're going to get crucified for this take from a lot of baseball fans. I don't. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get more crucified. This is what I think. Can you guys agree that the MLB, over the past maybe like 15, like 20, 15 years, it's decreased in popularity? That's true, but I also think with the young stars, like – uh, Juan Soto, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., yeah, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, you know it's gonna see it's gonna see a rise with, with, with the Fernando Tatis. I, it's gonna see a, it's gonna see a growth. So I think it's coming back up. I t- totally agree, but I also the NBA, literally the NBA. The, yeah. I was just we we're talking about CFL today. You know, CFL is kind of like an old head league. And that's kind of what baseball became too, right? Kind of an old head league. Um, but right, they, they want people celebrating. They, people hate Tatis. They hate Vladdy when they get all emotional. This and that, right? And uh, I think baseball's popularity will rise. But like, let, let's be honest here, Jeremy. Who, who's the Yankee center fielder right now? Uh, that would be uh, Brett Gardner. If if Mike Trout went to the Yankees, oh boy, exactly. That's what I mean. Like that, it's it's kind of like similar to like KD joining the Warriors, but baseball is like such 
it's baseball and basketball is so, so different, right? But like that's like the best, like especially when you have like the cap pace to give dudes like three hundred million dollar contracts. I know it's yeah. So I'm just saying, if Trope decided to do that, which he won't, and like the baseball like fan base would literally like die if Trout went to the Yankees because that's how big like good he is. Like the Yankees would be consistent World Series favorites and would probably win a lot of World Series. And then you know Trout has his rings, but you know Trout is not going to do that. Hopefully they can build around him. It's kind of like Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey. And then the Oilers, you know, they're trying to surround it. It's not working out. They have dry sidle there. It's only 25. Which, which is like Shohei uh, Otani as dry sidle. But McDavid's 25. You know, look at his accolades. They're, they're like on, on going to be on the same path as Mike Trout. I'm just saying it's very similar. Like you can compare the two situations, even though hockey and baseball are completely different. And, but you know, McDavid, like every hockey fan would say McDavid is the best player like in the world right now. And he's stuck in a, in a shitty situation. And that's the same thing with Mike Trout. Once he gets out of that organization, or if he does, you're going to see him, you know, light it up somewhere else. Um, It might be fingers crossed. It might be with the New York Yankees. It might be uh, it might be with someone else, but it's the same situation. Once he is in, once he is in a better, um, once he is in a better situation, we're gonna see we're gonna see changes. I I think that's what's hindered Mike Trout because he is so loyal and he is so humble and he doesn't have that person. Yeah, and I have nothing against him. I didn't get the hype. I look at the stats and they don't shock me. His resume doesn't particularly shock me, but. I feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like what Zach said kind of resonated with me. How it's like, like with him, it's not about the stats exactly. It's that he is a five-tool player. So I don't know. Maybe I got the my only, mind changed. Maybe he's not overrated. Max, the only argument you could get me with is what we went like the me is you know if the MLB like. If Mike Trout had, you know, retired today, he wouldn't be in the conversation. Go. It's just like his projections and stats and the pace he's on and the player he is. You know, he still has the accolades to like be one of the best to ever do it. But we're, if we're talking real boat stuff, if it ended today, I'm not sure where he would fall in. But it's his projections, like Kevin Durant, right? Um, you know, right. he's projected to do all these things. Like I mentioned, uh, be one of only three, like if he were to uh, do all those uh, accolades that I had mentioned, uh, the group of two and make it three. Um, you know, there's a lot riding on the next, you know, the second half of his career, he needs to stay healthy, which is the main part. The Angels, you know, need to like, wake up you know it's been 10 years you know you have the best player in baseball like let's do something here they brought in Shohei on Otani who was the best player in baseball this year you know it's you know hey let's wake up let's uh add some pitching yeah um the uh the thing with me 
is uh or not with me with these arguments like i don't just like mike trout and you have to respect him like he's been on like the team for 10 years it's like yeah you gotta move on but like 10 years one postseason and he's like still like still on the team still happy with the team i mean it's like all right it's kind of respectable and going back to mcdavid like Jeremy, i think like mcdavid is gonna follow in the footsteps of trout here like i honestly do and just gonna stay on the team but um you know, there's a lot riding on Trout here. He's got to have three MVPs. Like, that's the stat that just, like, wakes you up. Sure, he doesn't have the leads the league in home runs every, like, he's never done it. He doesn't lead the league in RBIs all the time, but he's he's done it. You know, it's the MVP consideration he's in every year. And, like, that, those are just, like, average years for him when he's coming second. And those and that are win it are career years, and they'll never do it again type of thing or they'll never reach that top of success but that's just right. a regular thing for Mike Trout he's never gone a season like if you discount the COVID year and this last year because of injury he's never gone a season outside the top five in MVP can, uh, consideration and um, he's and if you remove the one fourth place finish he's never uh, got out the top two like that's crazy either way boys um, right. Obviously, Max. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a take of yours that uh, that ha- that's going to age very well. Uh, nonetheless, we appreciate you uh, putting yourself out there for your hot take. Uh, moving on uh, with our podcast, we will now be interviewing um, Laurent Ice Wolves forward, current Wintonic pilot. And welcome back to a well placed cast. We are glad to be joined by Laurent Ice Wolves forward, current Wintonic pilot. Current, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Z? I'm doing great, man. It's been a while since we talked, and it's great to have you on the show here. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked last uh, back in the glory days in the River Kings. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a while here. Yep, yep. Karen, um, you know, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And before we get uh, into uh, any questions um, about your season and just you know your journey um, playing hockey, just recap, you know, how your season's going so far for us. Um, you know, the season's going well for Laurent. Uh, we started off a little shaky, um, didn't have the greatest start. Uh, we were a little bit below 500. Um, some injuries happened, you know, some trades happened. It, it's just hockey. But uh, now we're the second hottest team in the SJ. We were the hottest team in the SJ. We're in a playoff spot. We're doing really good. And, yeah, it's it's been wild, wild ride so far. And even for me, too, I've been able to – have to fight over an injury at the start of the season and get into the lineup to being a consistent player in the lineup. Now it's, um, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Right. You mentioned playing in LaRange, you know, LaRange is kind of a weird town to be playing hockey and there's nothing uh, too much to do up there. Uh, so can you just take us through what it's like to be playing in LaRange and what you guys do to kill time? Yeah, that's uh that's the main question everyone asks is how is LaRange? You know, it's uh, there's one there, there's nothing really to do there, but um, it's it's much different from Saskatoon. You don't have your Tim Hortons, you don't have your McDonald's and movie theaters to go hang out with. You just have 24 guys and a hockey team that you can hang out with and the environment. That's all you have. So uh, I've really found myself just going snowmobiling, ice fishing, you know, hanging out with the guys. Um, doing the best we can in COVID to hang out, obviously, but um, we've been hanging out so much, and you just get so close with these 24 guys that become your brothers almost. 
and it's been wild and that's how we kill time we work we hang out with the boys and then play hockey that's and work out that's all we do it sounds that sounds like a good canadian friendship right there uh yeah so Karen, i was just uh i was curious about uh larange um and who would you say is larange's biggest rival right now it's been the biggest rivalry in the SJHL ever since uh, LaRange was uh, put into uh, the league. They're uh, they're kind of competing for us against the real North team. And um, you've never seen a rivalry game until you've seen a LaRange Ice Bowl versus Flint Flon Bomber game. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess my second question is, you know, you, you grew up as a – as a hockey player and as, as you as one grows up as a hockey player you develop a lot of good and bad memories do you have a lot of memorable moments from you growing up on the ice oh god uh where do i even start i i it's it's crazy you go through minor hockey and it's it's so such a blur but you do have those moments like i remember spring four goals in a flyers game and uh to win it and uh with 2.3 seconds left I scored my fourth goal of the game and I put a five hole with 2.3 seconds left and I nail Yakupov on my knees across the entire ice as my celebration and then you have your River King Zenos we uh with a bench brawl in Edmonton <laughs> in Edmonton tournament <laughs> being uh kicked out because we were too rough um but and obviously too um playing triple A I've I've had my moments going to Prince Albert and and in North Balford and playing my first triple A game and first triple A goal and, and your first real brotherhood that you find uh, it's, it's crazy how many memories you get. And that's why I'm most thankful for playing hockey is all the memories and uh, friendships I've been able to make throughout. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what hockey's all about. That's what sports are about. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Sure. Uh, Karen, we've had a conversation off um, camera that you do plan on playing, you know, hockey professionally. You want to get to playing at the collegiate level. And obviously, I know that you take it very seriously. And you're obviously, you know, you're watching film, you know, you're looking for any advantage that you can. But um, a question that I'm always interested as in, you dudes who want to take that next level. Are there players that you watch, you know, professionally that like you try to take aspects of their game after? And if so, like, uh, who are those guys? Well, yeah, you uh obviously every hockey player is watching game film and everything like that, but it's the people that do the extra work that really um, elevate their game, you know, watching NHL games and obviously guys such as McDavid um, who are just a freak of nature out there. But uh, my favorite player personally is Taylor Hall. I love his skating strike, how smooth it is and how low he gets to the ground and how close he is to the ice and how fast he is. And then you have other players like Austin Matthews, whose shot is just incredible, absolutely perfect. And sometimes even gritty players such as like Pat Maroon, Raku Gudis, how they mix it up in there. And you want to get that rough, rowdy edge sometimes in your game. You want to see how you can develop it in yours. And it's just, there's a lot of players. There's too many to name. But yeah, it's, it's just a mixture of watching your own film and seeing what you can get better at. And then seeing the professionals and how they do it and how you can implement that into your game. That was that was probably my favorite answer I've heard from any interview. I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, they want to be grit and tough, like they want to incorporate that grit and toughness. But I've never, I've never heard of mention Radko Gudis before. So, uh, he, if yeah, you have will be pretty happy. But that was that was cool. It's an interesting uh, player to choose, but 
he, I just know that I was watching the Florida game and they scored a goal and as they were celebrating, he just fought someone. So yeah, that's obviously, you never see that, but that's the type of grittiness that no one else has. Yeah. Talking about grittiness. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that Lionel in Edmonton. I, I was hanging out with my cousin three days ago and I was telling him that exact same story about how we got kicked out of that tournament for the line brawl. I remember just like having that entire Kelowna team just jump at me and I'm, I'm fending off four guys, but you know, I wish I had Radko Gouda. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, unfortunately I was being held back on the bench by uh coach uh, Olton there. He was, he had me in a chokehold and he's telling me not to go on the ice and it wasn't worth it. But I, I saw 40 guys out there swinging. I wanted to get out there and help out my brothers. <laughs> yeah. That was a wild tournament and a, a wild game to end off for our season there. But you know, We've obviously played together early on since we were about four years old and kind of grew up together and then kind of went our separate ways with you playing hockey and uh, the SJ and me playing football here at the U of S. But I just want to ask you, because I looked back at the the recent NHL draft and I, and I found seven guys that I played against that got drafted this year. In your opinion, who was the toughest player that you've played against uh, so far in your hockey career? Oh God, you're you're putting me on the spot here. Um, I have to say Cole Sillinger. He was uh, definitely the toughest I've ever played against. He is an all-around amazing player. He you won't see a more perfect game than when you play against Cole. Obviously, he's uh he's doing good as a rookie, not uh, outstanding, but he's doing really really good. But when I played against him, it's like he's on a a different planet. The way he plays, he's he's just good at everything. And, uh, yeah, I just wish I could I could play like him, but um, yeah, that's that's definitely the toughest opponent I've ever faced off against. Yeah, for sure. I remember playing him back in Bantam and early on, like he was our age, but like he looked like he was a grown man against boys, like and he's so good. And then obviously we play against you know projected top five pick here uh, next year in Brad Lambert. So oh, Brad, yeah, I remember playing him in the Kodiaks. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Cole Cylinder, 12th overall to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, he's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. Um, back to you, uh, Curran. Um, talking about your coach, Coach, Kamin- uh, coach Kaminsky. Obviously, uh, we know he was, uh, he was a bit of a, a goon back in uh, the NHL. Um, can you tell me, like, what's it like playing under him and, you know, just any stories you have from that, you, you, that you're allowed to share? We don't, we, we don't want to get you in any trouble. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's some that you have to be careful to share. Um, but Kevin, it's awesome playing for Kevin. He's an amazing coach. Um, he demands 100% of each player each and every single day. And, you know, he's been to the to the show where everyone wants to be, where every kid dreams of being. He's been there and he's played there and he's he's done everything. So you also want to listen to him, though, too, and learn something from him. And that's what we love about him is that when he wants to be intense and demands the work ethic out of you, he demands it and you do it for him because you know that he's been in our position before and he wants the best for us. But also he, he's a funny guy too. That's he's one of the funniest guys ever. He's definitely ruthless to some players and loves chirping and loves beaking them, but um, it's all in good fun. And he, he's an amazing coach. And honestly, I don't think there's a better coach in the league than Kevin. He, he's amazing. No, we can definitely tell that you uh you enjoy playing for him. So that's that's really cool. 
Has he ever gone on you on it or on anything? Obviously, you mentioned that he's a bit of a like a, a tough guy. Has he ever been a? Has he ever been on you like you know you got a back check or just like has just anything crazy? Every single day he he's on me. He's he's telling me something I can do better. But you know it's just trying to improve me, and I love that. I love that he's always trying to make me a better hockey player. If it's a little slow thing to back check that I uh, could have been harder on, or a hit that I could have finished. Or even if I was on for a goal and and telling me what I did wrong, he's he's always on me, and I love that because he's demanding the best out of me and wants the best out of me. So and yeah, that that really motivates me to try to go out there and be the best player I can. I think that's really I think that's really important on your part too because I, from what like I can you know someone who's meeting you for the first time I can appreciate is you don't view it as him being hard on you. You view it as him trying to get the best out of you. So that's something that I can say, you know, as a fan, like, I, I can appreciate that, man. That's that's really impressive. Good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's also on Kevin part, Kevin's part, too. You don't see many coaches doing that nowadays. Some some coaches are softies, but uh, Kevin Kevin demands the best. And, yeah, we want, we want to give him to He's a great coach. Um. Moving on, like, obviously we asked you about um stories from uh, Kevin, but uh, do you have any stories from the locker room? That you'd like to share obviously uh you're you're not really playing in your hometown anymore you're in a you're in a you're playing in larange so you're meeting some of these uh larange boys do you have any uh stories you can share with us oh yeah i i uh there's plenty of stories throughout the hockey career that you have um i've been fortunate enough to move from home a couple of times and meet so many new people um throughout my hockey career but uh definitely in larange it's um Billet, billet weekend, we uh, we won two out of the two games that we had, and that kind of got us on the roll. We were losing a lot, and we won two games in a row, and it was billet weekend, and it was so fun because you had alumni players who won championships before um, we were even born, and uh, and then also players who won championships um, in, like, 2010 and 2011 coming up to LaRange and – um, just coming out to support us and there were so many fans in the stands too and um, and then also having your parents come up too to watch you and just that atmosphere and obviously we we had some parties too as a team because we won and yeah. and uh, yeah and you know there's nothing really to do up here so you, sometimes you gotta throw a party we haven't been able to throw many because of COVID so we've been safe with it but um, we did throw a party that weekend and I just remember uh, going to that party and seeing 25 guys there that I really love and seeing that this was an actual team because throughout this entire season, we've been struggling to win and struggling to do anything really to get anything going. And then we just got on this hot streak and here's these 25 guys and we love each other and, and care each other and go to war for each other. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being there and, think to myself that and yeah that, that was really awesome and then obviously every week you have your court stories too we have courts where rookies get fined and the vets have the actions and and whatnot and uh yeah that's always fun too and you have your your teammates going at and chirping each other and you get some good kicks out of that too but yeah that's definitely my favorite is when we had that first party of the year and you, you could just see the team that we were that, that was amazing Man, that's that's crazy, man. I hope you're having I hope you're having fun, man. Enjoy this. Oh yeah, trust me, this is this is the best place you can be. That's a lot of the biggest misconception about Larange is that it's 
a place in the middle of nowhere. It's way up north. It's cold and there's nothing to do up here. And that's, it's so wrong. The community cares so much about this team because it's the only entertainment they have. And so we want to come out there and play our best for them every single night and win and give it our all. And then after the game, you have 24 guys and that's all you got. And you know, with each other, you tell stories, learn about each other, make memories together. And it, it's the greatest, it's been the greatest year of hockey of my life, 100%. I've learned so much and I've been able to learn too from other people, from their trials, tribulations, and become a better person. It's, it's been amazing. Right, man. Yeah, that's, that, that's awesome, Curran. Um, and I just, uh, I wanted to go back and touch on, you said that the season was a very uh, up in the air for the Astros, but it's starting, starting to, to, to come back up for the team. What are some of the best on-ice memories that you have so far this season? Um, yeah, my best on-ice memory personally is our game against Battleford. We had won five games in a row. And uh, we were coming into the game against Balford and we won five games in a row. We were looking really hot. Second hottest team in the SJHL. One, one win out of a playoff spot. And I've had a, I've had a good year to that point. I've, I've had goals. I got assists. I was consistent in the lineup. I was working my, my butt off every day. And we play against Balford and down two nothing really quick. And I scored the first goal of the game. And obviously I was hyped it's a goal you love I love to sell it to Zach and burn for you I love I love my sellies but we scored the first goal and then we went down three one and then four one and we're like oh no like we're losing here this this is bad they're spanking us but I remember just going into the dressing room and everyone saying it's okay boys we're gonna win this game we're not losing this we're gonna win so sure enough right before the second period ends we got a goal to make it four two, and I scored my second of the night, and that was amazing. I scoring my second goal of the night, and having everyone just jump on me and <laughs> and just be like, "Let's go, baby, out of be Curry, I love you, baby," and going by on the by, and everyone's cheering, the fans are cheering, the horns blowing. I was just gonna ask you, uh, Kurt, how much, uh, how hype was it with the fans in the stands? Because I know that um, you guys must have missed that for a while. But like, how hype was uh, having that game with the fans in the stands? Oh, it's hype! We scoring my second goal of the of the game and celebrating, seeing the fans jump on the glass and they hear blast the horn blast, and you can barely barely hear your teammates telling you good goal or that love you or it's or good job you can barely hear it and then you're going by the flyby and you see the fans up on their feet cheering for you it's it's unreal but um anyways we we got the game to we tied the game 4-4 with a couple of minutes left in the third and we were able to win in overtime to get our sixth straight win and and we uh and the locker room we started screaming and we did our chant and and we played our song that we play after we win and I just, I've never had so many guys come up to me in the locker room and just go, man, I love you, buddy. Great effing game. Great effing game. And I think I hugged every single guy in that locker room that night too. And I got first star of the game and that was my best on ice memory. I just remember being on that ice, raising the sticks in the air for to salute the fans after we just came back and won our sixth straight game. Unreal. It was absolutely never going to forget that.
yeah, Karen, it obviously seem, seems like you guys are really well connected out there in LaRange. Like every uh, Saskatchewan junior team, you know, I, I, I've seen you on uh, the TikTok here and uh, the Instagram. So that's something we can look forward to uh, coming up with uh, you guys in LaRange and uh, getting this uh, TikTok and Instagram game going strong here. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're um, shout out to my Bella brother, Parker Payton. He's a he's a, one of the greatest guys I've ever met. But um, we uh, we kind of started this thing after everyone. We're going to do a TikTok interview. And we also have uh, on, on our, and we'll be posting it on our Instagram, too, and Facebook. But we really want to try to connect with people that aren't even in LaRange, too, because we kind of feel like only uh fans of LaRange are from LaRange and we need to reach out and reach a reach a broader audience so if anyone's listening to this podcast you can follow us on TikTok Instagram Facebook whatever you want and you'll you'll see some funny stuff from us but we love to have fun we're a good group of guys and um we have some good humor are you gonna chop off the the blonde hair like uh like you said Parker said oh I think the for anyone who's listening to this, you probably haven't seen me and hasn't seen me before. Um, just go and search me up and you'll see how long my hair is and uh, and the frosted tips I have. It's uh, it's not a great look, but it looks amazing in a helmet. So once the season's over and uh, either once the season's over or soon here, I may be chopping the hair off and going back to my normal shortness. So we'll see, though. It's be determined at the moment. I see. I see. Uh, before we let you go here, Curran, we want we want you to talk about our boy Zach here. Obviously, we know you guys uh, used to play uh, back in the day. You got any stories about Zach that uh, you know me and Max can make fun of him a little bit later for? <laughs> oh no, I just have the story about the River Kings fight when uh, we we were in this tournament and it was, we were in like a I don't even know it was like a quarterfinal game. But we weren't doing the greatest, and we were playing this team. And last couple seconds, one of our teammates slew-footed another player on the other team because they were kind of making us mad. And they started throwing punches, and then everyone on the line started throwing punches. And all I see is Zach just sprinting to go start beating the absolute like <laughs> heck out. Of like Fury drops his stick and. Like he's about to like give this kid like punch him into another world it's i will never forget that because zach was a nice big bulky guy like you can you <laughs> and he comes running he comes skating at these guys full speed with his blue gloves from his cousin and it looks like he's just about to send them to pound town and it's unreal it, it was so hilarious i always <laughs> that that game that was unreal and then we and then we got kicked out of the tournament for being too rough that was our last game of the season so so zach cost you uh the tournament is what you're saying no i don't blame it on him i <laughs> someone else I uh it wasn't really his fault either it was kind of like the other team's fault they were too scared to play us because we were going to play oh. another game but dropped out because we were too rough and then we just didn't have a game I can tell, Kern. I can tell you just absolutely chirp on the ice. I can, I just, I just, I can just tell that you're you're absolutely talking the most. I, I, I have, I have my uh, words. I say yes, I, I do. I'm, I'm not going to share any because that's classified information. I could probably get in trouble for some of the stuff I say, but, um, I, I do like chirping. It's a big mental game out there, so I, I love doing it. Yeah, man. Definitely. 
And uh, just one last question before we get you out of here, Karen. Um, we, we had talked about this already, but we were wondering, what were your future plans after the Ice Wolves? Are you wanting to go to a university or work or get out of hockey? Or what are you, what, what are you thinking? Um, obviously, I got a two and a half years left in that straight shell here. So um, I'm going to play out my years here and see uh, what um, colleges down in the States or even in, um, or even in, uh, can offer me. Obviously, I want to. I would love to go travel the world to play hockey. So hopefully, some teams in the states uh, send me some offers. And uh, yeah, and then after that, go play pro in Europe once my days in America are done, and uh, make a living out of that. Hopefully, and if that doesn't work out, go work in um, criminal justice. Um, become a police officer or I can do radio and broadcasting and become an announcer for hockey games and stick with the game I love. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's always good to have a future plan for both outcomes. Yeah. You always got to have a plan B and C and D because you can never count on hockey, but I'm going to, I'm going to live out this dream as long as I can. Definitely got to try. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Current. This is a uh, this is a, a podcast where we give our own takes. And before uh, we uh, we let you go here, uh, give us your Stanley Cup final pick. Give us two teams that you think are going to meet in the Stanley Cup finals. All right. Well, I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, so I'm just going to make sure this is known before I say anything. I love the Oilers to death. They're on a little bit of a cold streak right now. I really don't want to talk about it. It's it's upsetting me a bit. But and as, as this is being recorded, we may have Vander Kane. And that frustrates me, but uh, I think my Stanley Cup final is going to be the Colorado Avalanche versus the Vegas Golden Knights. I think Jack Eichel, once healthy, is going to help the Knights out. And it's going to be Colorado, Vegas, and I'd say Vegas wins it. That's my hot take. That's not bad. That's not that's not bad at all. I don't even know if I would call that a hot take because I have the abs going too, but I guess, we'll, I guess we'll have to see this season. Great, and I don't know why, but I think they're going to be a deadly team. Current, um, I was just looking at uh, Zach's face, and um, I think you might have forgot that they both play in the Western Conference. Oh, yeah, wait, no way. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a look. So, so then abs... Okay, Vegas in the final, 100%. I say Vegas over Avs. Avs are way too... Hmm. Maybe the maybe the Bruins. You think so? You think they get it together? I think so. I think so. The Bruins are, are underdog. I think so. Yeah. Okay, we're going Vegas. We, we go Vegas Bruins. That's what we're going with. All right. I, I like it. I like it. That the Bruins have on their team. It's unreal. Well, thank you so much, Curran, for joining us. It was it was good to re- uh, reconnect here. Uh, haven't talked to you in a bit, and I'm sure for those stories, you could uh, definitely chose some more uh, embarrassing stories for myself. But uh, that that game is actually one of the most iconic games for me. Like last game of the season, get we get kicked out of the tournament. I won't name some players, but uh, we're ripping off some uh, cages and throwing them in the garbage and sucking punching some kids. Yeah. Picks were getting chucked all over the ice. And, uh, 
best game ever, man. Best game ever. Yeah, man. But thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be checking in on you and uh, seeing how you and uh, LaRange do the rest of the season. But, you know, from all of us, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck, Thank Curran. you so much, Curran. Yeah, my pleasure, boys. Thank you, boys, for having me. And uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. That concludes episode eight of A Well-Placed Cuss. Special thank you to Curran Wintonic Pilot for joining us today. Uh, be sure to tune in next week where we'll be interviewing uh, Three Down Nation reporter John Hodge. Thank you.